to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Speaking of observation, let's, let, let's dive into the economy a little bit. Here in Ohio, you may have seen this, that the truckers are having their own protest, and God love them for doing it. So I heard that. Yeah. I so, haven't seen where. Where are they blocking traffic now? It's got to be the main highways. It's got to be um, 70, 70, uh, let's see, 70, 71, 75. 90. Yep. Um, yeah. 275, 270 around, you know, Columbus and Cincinnati, whichever one goes Toledo. around Cleveland. Could even yep. could even be down around you thirty three thirty five, you know it's it's I don't hard. No, that's pretty that's pretty remote. But but maybe. True. Yeah, yeah. I really maybe. don't. I don't know. It, at the very least, just slowing down or maybe taking the day off. But um, you know, I, I even God saw. Bless them. Yeah, no kidding. I even I even saw the other day that Costco's totally. You know, a lot of Costco stores are are out of uh, out of toilet paper again. So here comes the toilet paper fiasco one more time. Well, funny you should say that because I was talking about shortages in class. I have been, not every class, but, you know, drips and drops for the last five or six weeks. And, uh, you know, I made a joke. I said, you know, I, I'm not really a prepper, not really. I'm just revising and uh, re uh, reassembling some of my great-grandmother's be-prepared attitude. And I, and I said, so, you know, you guys all remember in March of 2020 when we had no toilet paper. I, I, I determined at, at that moment that I was never going to run out of toilet paper again. And they kind of laughed, and I, I made a joke about it. But then yesterday, a student came up to me and he said, did you know, did you know there are toilet paper shortages? And I said, well, I noticed that the paper aisles and the places where I shop are getting a little scarce. Yeah. I said, but, you know, I told you guys this. He said, I know, but now it's showing up. <laughs> yeah. And the actual stores themselves, in particular, the you know, the larger ones like Kroger's, I mean, they're short-staffed because yep. they've all been jabbed. Right. Yes. And they don't have people yeah. that, I mean, they don't even have people to stock the shelves, let alone... Um, you know, the necessary material, so to speak, to go on the shelves. Right. Yeah. So when you hear this stuff, you know, like the long winter and you hear these phrases, I mean, there's a lot of multiple dimensions and different, different angles that someone can take this lingo that's coming from the mouths of the, of the people that uh, like to think they're in control. But I mean, how do you, how do you take that kind of language? Or, you know, do, do you think to yourself, that it's a, that it's a that it's a warning of things to come. We, well, we we know that they're continually trying to blame the sick on being the unjabbed and and it being COVID. And and of course, what's continuously coming out and it's unavoidable is that it's it's the it's the jabbed that are getting sick, and it's the jabbed that are being hospitalized. And countless hospitals, of course, are saying that it's 77% and 90% of the people that are there are all jabbed, but they're continuously, of course, right. blaming variants and XYZ. I mean, how long, <laughs> looking for a particular time or some somebody's going to wave a flag and say, okay, the lie is over, but I mean, how long are people going to continuously buy this and actually believe that it's, that it's, the unjabbed that, that are the actual problem when in fact it is and has always been the jabbed. I, I don't know how long it's going to take for the, for the majority of people to awaken, return to their senses. But I'm not sure how effective the mainstream media is anymore. I've noticed um, that some of the news that I see on the alt media websites that I frequent are beginning to drip through to Fox News. I, I know, and I know Fox is, you know, not the not the place to go. But part of me thinks that for a long time the mainstream media could drive the narrative because the majority of people that's what they were watching, that's what they were paying attention to. 
But what happens when the mainstream media loses its ability to drive the narrative, to scare the sheep, to lead the herd off the cliff? What happens when the narrative is being driven by the alt media and the mainstream media are forced to go along with it because because everybody knows if they're if they're talking in opposition to what the alt media is saying, everybody knows they're lying. So, and, and I'm beginning to see it, that the alt media is driving the narrative. Um, one of my favorite characters to watch on alt media is uh, Salty Cracker. And I always try to pick up his restream from Sunday, Wednesday, or, or Friday. Now, he's out on the West Coast. And the things that he talks about, it shows up about a week later on Fox, which I find an interesting situation because it means that Fox somewhere, someone in Fox News knows that they are not driving the narrative anymore. I've seen the exact same thing. I, with, I don't. I, I, yeah, I've seen the same thing with Gateway Pundit. Gateway Pundit will put a story out weeks after people like the two of us have noticed it or someone else has put it on the alternative streams and it's been out there for weeks and then all of a sudden Gateway says breaking and it's like, no, right, no. <laughs> that's two weeks old, pal. Welcome to the, welcome to the party, bud. We've known about <laughs> that right. for weeks. Yeah. So, so I think that, see, I think it's already happening, Sean. I think that people are beginning to awaken from the stupor that they have been lulled into, and they're looking around, and and some of this is the jab itself, right? People, people know people who have gotten jabbed. Some of them have gotten sick. Some of them have died, and there's nothing to force you out of your brain-dead sleep than watching a loved one, a family member, a friend, get a horrible illness and you know that they've been jabbed. So, I mean, some of this is happening organically at the grassroots level and it's, and that's how change happens, right? It's not from the top down, it's from the grassroots up. So this is, we're already seeing it. The truckers in Ohio are, are stopping their rigs in solidarity with the truckers in Australia and Italy and, and other places and God bless them. I'm glad they're doing that. So another example, that, that January 6th rally that was supposed to happen on September the 18th fizzled. Yeah. The media, mainstream media, hyped, that, hyped it like mad. There were more journalists there and police than there were protesters. So that's how you know people are waking up. That's how you know they're not paying attention to the mainstream media. And, and the mainstream media, I watched, uh, we were watching MSNBC, and we were kind of flipping between there and CNN, and they were just, they were just losing their minds because there wasn't enough people there. And I thought, uh-huh, neener, neener, neener. See, you guys <laughs> yeah. don't drive the narrative anymore. Yep. You've lost, you've lost it. You've lost control. So eventually, oh, and something else that I noticed, a couple of weeks ago I was watching Fox and I kept, I kept seeing these um, around the, around the um, anchors that the edge of the picture around them was kind of wavering. I said, I don't think they're at the Fox studio. I think they're somewhere else. I think they're, they're not there. And, and for a week, I kept pointing this out. Look here, look here, look here. And, you know, they'd have uh, their their outline of their person would be highlighted in a weird way that could only happen if they were in front of a green screen. And and I kept saying, they're, they're not there. They're not in studio. I don't know where they're at. But they're pretending they're there, but they're not there. And uh, for this one on for a week and a half, and just... Last week, Thursday or Friday, um, Steve Ducey said, see, we really are here in our studio. And I was like, yeah, you're there now, but you weren't last week and for the week before. I don't know where you were, but you weren't there. Wow. And, and so, you know, where were they? 
somebody had to have said something to someone somewhere and saying, hey, people are noticing that you're not at the studio. So they made a point of saying, it was like Thursday morning last week, they made a point of saying, see, we really are here on the second floor of the Fox studio. Yeah, okay, I see you're there now, but you weren't last week. You weren't the day before. It's all mind games. So it's all it's all it, tricking the eyes and tricking the mind. It's it's a it's a psychological war, and for those of us who are awake, sometimes it's kind of sometimes it can be entertaining and funny, and other times it's just exasperating because I keep saying every day I, I just keep begging God to wake up more people. Please wake up more people because the more people become awake and aware of the scam that's going on, the faster we can move on to whatever step two is. So one of the one of the big deals last week was I, we sat and watched the Arizona audit um, in front of the Arizona Senate. Yep. And I kept saying, come on, you know, tell us all the dirty stuff. Well, you know, 10,000 here, 50,000 there, 255,000. You know, we had, we had ghost voters and, and, um, mail, mail in ballots that never got mailed. And, you know, and I was about two hours into this when I realized the big Moabs are not going to be dropped now. This is to show people that there was fraud that took place because the mainstream media immediately came out and said, see, we told you, Biden won. And I thought, that wasn't the point. Right. You missed it. The point of watching the Arizona audit in front of the Senate was to realize that the entire election was fraudulent. And fraud vitiates all contracts. And an election is a contract. In other words, fraud makes that contract void, nullified. In one county, in, in one just state. in one county, and we're we're seeing the same kind of shenanigans happened in Antrim County, and so the call for every single uh, county in the United States to be audited, it's going to start being picked up, and that snowball is going to roll. It's going to be like an avalanche, and the the last thing the deep state wants is for everyone to wake up and realize the election was a fraud. And they even said in the Arizona audit, we're pretty sure that this kind of fraud goes back to 2003. So that means every election from 2003 forward had the potential to be interfered with. So that the whole point to the Arizona audit um, on TV thing, which, which nobody in the mainstream covered, but we were watching it on alternative media, um, the whole point was to say it was fraudulent. It doesn't matter that, you know, these six ghost voters voted for Biden and not Trump. That's not the point. The point is it was a fraud. It was illegal. And and I really liked it when the guy from, uh, it wasn't Cyber Ninjas, it was one of the other guys, one of the IT specialists said, well, you know, we looked at these logs and we couldn't tell who altered them, so we don't know who altered them. And there was this long silence, and then he said, but we did coordinate with the cameras, and we got a date and time stamp of when that log was altered, and now we have the date and time stamp of the camera that was posted on those, so we know we got video pictures of the people who did the actions to delete the logs. Yep, that was a mic drop moment. That's when... That, that, that's when that was... <laughs> it's incredible. That's when you could start. That's when you could hear. You could actually hear the people that had engaged in the fraud looking up how to how to tie in news. Yep, yep. And and I and so you know we're high fiving each other while we're watching this on on our on our alternative media, and and that was the point of the Arizona fraud of the Arizona audit forensic audit was to show, to prove that there was fraud. Any fraud nullifies the election. A little bit of fraud nullifies, but they, they the way that Trump went about his um, campaigning last year was everybody go out and vote. He got so many people to go out voting that the, um, the deep state had to go over the top to steal the election. So much fraud that it's now right up in your face. 
And that was the point of auditing Arizona, Maricopa County, was to show that there was fraud. To show that there is a pattern to the fraud so that all the other um, state representatives that went down to Arizona to take a look at how they're doing it, they're now taking it back to their states. We're going to see the same pattern in county after county after county, which is, that's what is, you know, this is a continual wake-up process. It's like a, it's like a symphony. You know, it's a little bit like uh, Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. It, it starts out kind of soft and subtle, and it builds to this big crescendo at the end more like the hallelujah chorus. Um, so so it's it's a buildup. It, it's got to be a drip, drip, drip until finally there's just this flood of information that even if you're in the deepest of sleep, you'll, you'll kind of perk your eyes up and look around and go, man, I just didn't notice that. But now you are. Now you're paying attention. And so little bit by little bit by little bit, all of these things together combining are waking people up. It's not any one thing. And what drives people to wake up when their lives are in danger of being altered in a substantial way that makes people sit up and look around and go, what the hell is going on? Oh, that's what's going on. So this is a good thing. It, and and it's, it's, it will be resolved I'm just not sure how fast, but for those of us who are awake and aware and kind of looking around and, you know, talking with people or like myself, we're out teaching, um, we, we just have to, it's like a roller coaster ride, except that we know what's happening, so it's almost like we're watching the roller coaster ride. Part of the art of this being aware thing is taking yourself five steps back so you're not involved in the drama, right? you got to protect your own, um, your own intellect and your own psychology by recognizing that this is a psychological war. And you can protect your own self and save your own sanity and remain happy just by realizing that you don't have to get involved in the drama. You, you, you're watching the roller coaster. You're not on it. Does that make any sense? It does. Yep. So yeah, it's 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 more difficult when people you know and love are being physically hurt, especially if you said, "Don't do this. This is a bad idea." Well, actions have consequences, and your choices have consequences, and and some some people just. Are, are bound and determined that they will learn their own way regardless of what we tell them. And and you have to honor that, right? Because that's part of their own growth. You can't force anybody. You've you got to, you know, tell them what you know and let them make their own decision. You don't have to involve yourself in their drama. And that's really difficult. So for anybody who's tried it, you know, it's, it's difficult to watch Fox News and, and see lie after lie after lie, oh, little drop of truth, lie, 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 little drop of truth, and not get yourself wrapped up in the lies. Oh, there's a lie. You can kind of make it into a game. Oh, there's a lie. There's a lie. Oh, oh they dropped a truth right there. Yeah, but we does, can. Does that make any sense? It do, it does, but we. I mean, we can see that. We know what the lie is, and we know what the what the little bit of truth is, which again is is one of those things that. You know, I encourage people who know that they're awake and they can see the landscape clearly, you know, to, to continue to dive into something like Fox News just from time to time. You know, let, I'll play a game where I'll just turn it on for, and I'll say, you know, let me see how long I can last. And I'll make it for, oh, I don't know, 15 seconds. And I'll just say, okay, everything, <laughs> everything they said in the last 15 seconds was a bold-faced lie. The, you know the problem uh -huh. is is that people are tuning into that and they're and they're saying to themselves this is 100% true. Yeah, that's true. For example, Ainsley Earhart will sit there on the couch and she'll just say everybody should just go get their shots, you'll feel a whole lot better, you'll feel a whole lot more comfortable. To have the gall to say that today. I mean, it's it's really sad. Um yeah, but did you see what Fox News did to her the other day? No. 
she had they they forced her to have a segment with three moms who are uh, speaking out against jabbing children, and each one of the moms said, "This is an experiment. I'm not giving this to my child." And Ainsley's face was just perplexed because here she's been saying, "Go get your kids jabbed," and she's got in front of her three moms, educated moms, who are saying, "No." I'm not doing this. That's foolish. It's one of the funniest segments I've seen in a long time because my and and my my nickname for Ainsley is Bubble Brain. Bubble Brain sat there and and was just astounded that she had three moms in front of her who were bound and determined not to get the jab for their kids. Yeah, she's she, she she's lacking in street smarts. Um <laughs> there's no doubt about that. And I and I, you know, again I I observe people from a behavioral standpoint too, as as much as I can, and I do my best to read their nonverbals. And I, 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 I'll never forget the look on her face from a year ago, and, and even before a year ago, back in March, April, May. The look on her face was complete and utter terror. I mean, she yeah. she had no idea what was really going on, and I thought, well, she wouldn't because she's in the machine. Um, and she's probably going yeah. home and watching the machine and she's, you know, falling asleep and then going to work to the machine again. And yeah. And then again, it was a month or so ago, I turned it on and I heard her say that in the morning and I thought, oh God, she hasn't learned anything. But that's interesting that that panel happened and that that was the look on her face. I mean, it's maybe she's waking up. Maybe others are at that station too. You know, Pete Hegseth is another person who works there who, you know, fills in in the mornings from time to time and I think does the week their weekend gig in the morning. And and it, it blows me away that he still works there because I think he knows what's going on. Yeah. I find the weekend segments, because they've changed the personnel, they have Will Kane, they've had Rachel Campos Duffy there for a long time, and Pete Hegseth, and I have found over the last, oh, I give it a month, um, they, they drop more truth bombs on the weekend morning segment between 6 and 8 in the morning than the rest of the week combined. There you go. And and you, you can sit there and you can count them. And then they'll, they'll, they'll go off on kind of a tangent and, and they'll, be, they'll be telling a lie. And it's almost like you can see on their face they know they're telling a lie. But they're just reading a script. So, I, and like I said about... Two weeks ago, for a period of two weeks, a two-week period of time, nobody on Fox News was there in the studio. I swear it. I, um, for instance, they had uh, they had Chris Christie and Mike Pompeo in the morning. With uh, it was on a weekday morning, and I kept looking at Mike Pompeo and. Chris Christie and I kept saying, I don't think they're sitting on the same couch with uh, Steve Ducey and Bubble Brain and Brian Kilmeade. I don't think they're sitting on the same couch because look at where their eyes are going. Look, look at the direction their eyes are looking. It's, it's not like they're looking directly into each other's eyes. They're kind of looking off a little bit. Like someone, like for instance, if you're looking at the curvy couch and they had Steve Ducey uh, Ainsley Earhart and Brian Kilmeade on one side, and then they had Mike Pompeo and Chris Christie, and nobody's eyes were looking at where the other person was sitting. I said, I don't even think they're there. Because with the different angles um, of, of the camera, you could see that on one angle, it looked like Pompeo and Chris Christie were right up next to each other, then on another angle, there's about eight or nine inches between them. And I'm, I'm thinking, I don't even think they're there. They just look weird. That's I mean, weird. it didn't even look like it, it. Just it. It looked so obvious, almost like someone was saying, "Don't you see? This is made up." Yeah. I mean, if you watch one of the one of some of my favorite movies to watch are the Marvel hero movies. But if you watch any of those movies, they're done almost entirely in a green screen. Sure. You can't tell that it's fake. You could tell by the outline of the people. 
you could tell when the, the outline smudged a little bit or there was a little bit of a hint of a, a shadow where it shouldn't have been. I, I do know that when they do their remote segments, you know, where, where a guest is, is somewhere else, they always have a green screen behind them. But what you're saying is, is that they were actually, they were actually trying to make it look like they were all in the same room, but it was obvious that they weren't. Yeah, and I think they were trying to make it make it obvious that they obviously weren't in the same room with each other. There you go. They were not in whatever studio. It was it was it was a very sloppily done deep fake on purpose. I have no I've no doubt that that kind of stuff happens. No doubt. Just to wake up, like you said, just wake up a couple more people who might catch it. Right. Exactly. Well, and remember when we're watching something. We're watching with more than just our eyes. Like, like for instance, you study people's um, actions. If everyone were deaf and dumb and we were all using sign language, you would be able to tell when a person was lying because their body language would tell you. So you have, you have focused on studying people's body language to tell when they are telling a lie. Yeah. Well, we uh, subconsciously, we all do that. Just some people are better at picking up the body language lies than others. I mean, they even have body language experts, right? People who they're looking at the, because we, we unconsciously make all these movements with our body that belie what we're saying, especially if we're saying a lie. The body language would absolutely coordinate with a person who is telling the truth. But the body language gives away the person who is lying. And it, it was, but after watching this on Fox in the morning for like a week, I, I kept saying, I think I, they're not there. This looks like, this looks like a fake to me. And finally, by the end of that time period, it looked so fake, it was obvious to me anyway. Yeah. I remember watching, I remember watching endless um, live testimony of, of James Comey um, a number of years ago and all those times that he was in front of Congress and either Trey Gowdy would be grilling him or somebody else would be and they would just be bombarding him with questions his upper lip would always disappear <laughs> that was his tell as soon as he'd start lying his eyes would get bigger and his upper lip would just go you know way above his teeth and uh-huh. and then he would when he would get calm again his eyes would get would get back to regular size and and his lip would show up again and he would just sort of you know go back to talking but that's one of those things i think anybody could go back and look and you know you you i don't know people might be able to pick pick up on that but i think you're i mean you're 100% right everybody's got certain tells but the the camera the camera the camera tricks if that's becoming more and more obvious to people i think that's a good thing yeah, yeah. I thought it was embarrassing back when they were trying to do the social distancing crap where they were actually in the same room, but they were trying to make it look like they were in opposite places, but they clearly weren't. They were right next to each other because they're looking at each other. They're, they're you know, they, right. they would glance over at each other um, as if to tip off the other person that they want them to talk next or whatever. And I'm saying, you're all in the same room. Why are you perpetuating the right. lie that you're somehow in different rooms for, you know, the health and safety of America? <laughs> it's ridiculous. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we we have been spoon-fed a, a large heaping portion of BS for a long time. And I think the way that you wake, I, I think that the way the powers that be, the White Hats, are trying to wake people up is kind of a very gentle drip, drip, drip. You know, there might be still a lot of heaping spoonfuls of BS, but every once in a while you get a you get a tidbit that's the truth, and there's more and more tidbits. That's what I've been noticing. There, there. At first, it was just a little here, a little there, mostly lies. Now it's a lot more truth and fewer lies. So I think that at some point we're we're gonna we're gonna get there. I don't know when, but it's coming. Where the trusted the mainstream medias that are trusted by the white hats will be telling the truth and the ones who are still lying will just be gone. Maybe one day we'll wake up and some of the common people who have been 
air all the time on MSNBC or CNBC or CNN or wherever, maybe even on Fox News. And I've noticed they've been switching people around as well. They've been bringing in other people. Like about six months ago, they brought in Pete Hegseth. Maybe eight or nine months ago, they brought in Will Kane. Um, they traded out their their woman weekend anchor for Rachel Campos Stuffy not too long ago. Because I think that in the polls, there are people who the, the populace, the viewing audience will trust more. And I think that we're working towards a time when maybe we can trust news again, when they really will be telling the truth. Um, we're not there yet, but we're getting there. It's, it's a slow process to wake up a nation of people who have been asleep and fed lies. You know, we're like mushrooms, kept in the dark and fed shit. There you go. Let, let me, but, but <laughs> let me ask you changing. two. Yeah, I agree. Let, let me ask you two things, because that, that even sort of dives into something that Cliff was talking about on BitChute. And by the way, thank you for turning me on to Cliff High on BitChute, because his videos are fantastic. Um, oh, I love them. Yeah, incredibly, incredibly instructive. Uh, you know, uh -huh. he was he was mentioning a very uh, interesting thing that, from a visual standpoint, that would be worth everybody paying attention to, and that is just watching, like you said, watching particular news people sort of disappear. And he was he was implying the guilty, you know, that the that the guilty individuals who have been perpetuating these lies and engaging in these lies for quite some time, um, whether legal or not. You know, it's it's clearly treason and sedition, but he said, <clears throat> excuse me, that you would start watching major sort of news hosts just say, "Well, I'm I'm going to leave the station," or um, th or th they'll just sort of slowly take them away and slowly replace them with someone else, and it will look like it's some sort of a business move when in fact it could be a criminal move. You know, someone is right. be, someone's being arrested, X, Y, Z. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, I think that's totally possible. I mean, look what happened to Ellen DeGeneres. You know, she, she quote-unquote, retired. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah, because people weren't why Or what, what was her excuse? Because it just wasn't, um, it wasn't fun for her anymore. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, thought, I thought, bullshit. You're neck, you're neck okay. deep, you're neck deep in it. Right or over her over her head is more likely. That's right. But that brings up that brings up another interesting question: Where are all the movie stars? Not too long ago, there was uh, one of those big shindigs. It was the Emmys or the Grammys or I don't remember what it was. Where where all the stars are supposed to be? And I and I watched some of it. And I was like, Who are these people? I don't know these people. There's not one big star there. No Tom Hanks. No Robert De Niro. No, Brad Pitt. Where, where are all these people? You haven't heard a peep from them. They couldn't keep their mouths shut while Trump was in office. Where have they gone? Yeah. How about Michael Moore, the fat guy who did, uh, what was it? Um, bowling for Columbine. Fahrenheit 9-11. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Bowling for Columbine. Where is he? Yeah. He couldn't keep his mouth shut. We, we couldn't, we could not escape from from his comments and now where is he he's gone like look at joe biden if you look at joe biden's pictures from back in the 70s or in the 80s it's not the same guy that we see who's supposed to be joe biden now the guy in the 70s and 80s had brown eyes this guy's got blue eyes and and you know i've seen at least four different versions of joe biden sometimes his earlobes are droopy sometimes they're attached sometimes they're different shaped earlobes you know his his bone structure a forensic anthropologist would be able to tell immediately whether the the guy playing joe biden was joe biden just based on bone structure of the face that's not him this has been a big con game yeah, so, something's definitely going on, and of course, yesterday with the uh, with the um, the business of him getting his booster shot and, and then yelling for you everybody. Mean the one where he didn't even have a needle in the syringe. Oh, exactly. I liked that one. I thought that was funny. Yeah, absolutely, a hundred percent. And again, just uh, these these television will they got their shot on TV? Did they? 
<laughs> did they really? Right. I mean, the, right. You know, uh, it's that it's that kind of an angle that drives me up the wall. But let me ask you this one last one, and it, again, it, just general economics, and it's one of those things again that I've noticed for quite some time that is a real indication that there have to be there have to be white hats in charge of of the entire stock system and that that's been going on for for quite some time way back when when Trump was in office because of course it just skyrocketed and now it's just stayed right where it is at roughly 34 yeah. at 34,000 for quite some time if we right. were if we were actually in some kind of i mean i don't know it's it's clearly shown that the stock market has nothing to do with what's really going on or it doesn't anymore because right. if, if it, it did, it'd be a, yeah, exactly. And if it did, it'd be at zero right now. Right. Well, consider for a minute that in February 2020, um, Trump made a comment, and and I don't think I could put my fingers on the document right in the next two minutes. But Trump came out and he casually mentioned that that. Uh, that his administration had moved the Federal Reserve under the umbrella of the Treasury. And at the end of February, and I've got this document, February 29th up, for, I don't know why it was the 29th, but it was February 29th It came out, the Federal Reserve came out with a gold tally. I've never seen this before, where the Federal Reserve says, we have this many thousands of ounces of gold and this many thousands of ounces of silver, and the, the value of these ounces of gold and silver in 1935 dollars is X amount. And I was I looked at that and and I said to myself and then I showed it to my husband. I said, "This is the strangest thing I've ever seen. Why would they value the gold and silver in 1935 dollars? Because if you valued it at market rates back then, it would have been significantly higher by thousands of dollars per ounce. So. So that little thing happened, and I said, why would Trump put the Federal Reserve under the Treasury? Well, that means that Congress doesn't have access to the money anymore. Have you noticed they keep trying to get these trillion-dollar bills passed, and they keep not being able to do it? Yeah. There's no way for them to get money. And two Federal Reserve governors, um, I think one in Dallas and one from somewhere else, St. Louis maybe, I don't recall uh, specifically, but two Fed presidents are retiring because it's come out that the there were several Fed presidents that were involved in um, basically, man, I want to be careful here. It sounded to me like they had stock in the stock market and knew what was going to happen and benefited from what was going on in the stock market over the last year. Sure, insider trading, yeah. Well, I don't want to call it insider trading because I, I don't know specifically, but, but all of a sudden now they're retiring because of this little issue about the their involvement with the stock market. Right. Oh, that's interesting. I wonder how many other people are going to retire from the Fed. What if the stock market is being propped up by the White Hats just so it doesn't collapse and send the entire country into a panic what if i'm not saying it is i'm just saying what if i also have noticed the stock market has hovered right around 34 or 35,000. if we really are in such dire straits in the economy which i think we are why is that not being reflected in the stock market i mean look at what happened in march of 2020 you know that bunch of so for about two weeks in March of 2020, there was a huge sell-off in the stock market. And I kept looking at that going, there's nothing going on in the economy that would necessitate a sell-off of 40% in the stock market. Nothing. So this has got to be manipulated. It's got to be. Yeah, and, and I think it's being manipulated by white hats 100% at this point. And it's, again, I think it has been for quite some time. The second that it started, um, that it well, of course, it increasing under Trump as soon as he was elected was no surprise, because immediately oh, yeah. people people immediately got reemployed, business was flourishing X Y Z, but it never really you could you could see people trying to make it drop, 
right. you know, with, with particular news cycles or um, bad, you know, fake bad news or whatever it was, or, you know, this foreign event or that foreign event, but it didn't seem to shake it. And it, and again, if it took a little tumble, you know, the very next week it would, it would skyrocket again, but then it would, it would just, it would stay there and then it would skyrocket and stay there. It's the highest it's ever been. And, and again, that's just one of those things that, that people don't seem to be commenting too much on is, is the fact that it's remained high where it is and everything, right. everything yeah. around it seems to be crumbling. Right. No, I, I definitely think that there's manipulation going on. But again, if I was the White Hats, the last thing I'd want to have happen is for the stock market to, to crash 40, 50, 60 percent, because that would send that would send the the sense of doom out over the entire planet, not just in our stock market. Um, so I think that so I guess what I'm saying is I'm I'm pretty sure based on what I've seen is the stock market and the gold and silver markets and the commodities markets are not entirely connected to what's happening in the real economy. Now I know the gold and silver markets aren't because that's, that's that all those low prices are that's paper trading. Those are paper gold and paper silver certificates. So they're artificially keeping the price of gold low. Because if you go to um, any gold or silver uh, bullion seller and you look at the price of the ounces themselves, they're far higher than what is being presented in the commodity commodities markets. Correct. They're basically so, where they so were. I, yeah, they were almost where they were a year ago, which was right about two thousand an ounce for an ounce of gold. Right. Yeah. So I, I know that there's manipulation in those markets. If you're going to buy gold and silver, buy the real stuff. Buy, buy the coins. Don't, yeah. don't, don't go in for the paper stuff because you're giving your money to some institution that hands you a piece of paper that basically says, I owe you an ounce of gold or I owe you an ounce of silver. Well, you don't know if you're ever going to get them. You don't even know if those institutions have that amount of gold and silver. So... I think there's I think there's a lot more going on um, beneath the radar than than we can see, but but again, if I was a white hat, I would want to precipitate moves against my enemies that would dislocate the fewest number of American people. I wouldn't want to harm my people. I would want to do these things slowly, surreptitiously. So that, so that the person who's awake and aware will go, hey, take a look at that, but everybody else is sound asleep, so it doesn't really matter. But my enemies would know, I'm coming after you, and you are not going to escape. And I think, I think underlying everything that we're seeing out there, Sean, I think that, I think that the White Hats have got this. And, and beyond all that, if you look at the things that are happening, this corresponds directly to a number of um, passages in the book of Revelations. Yeah. And, you know, Revelations is not about, if you really take a look at what's going on in Revelations, it is a revealing, reveal of good versus evil. And so if I was the White Hats, I'd want that reveal for my people to be as gentle as possible to dislocate the fewest number of Americans' lives, to set up a defense so that their lives are safe. But, but you got to trust the Americans to, to take care of themselves, too, right? So, so Trump rolls out Operation Warp Speed, but doesn't stop the information about the ingredients for the vaccines coming out. Huh. So I think this is this is a very interesting period of time, and and I think that what we are seeing is the I think we're seeing the veil being slowly drawn aside so that people can see the real evil at work in the world that's been here. It's been here forever. 
but 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 now we can see it and i think that's why some people are scared because now they see it and they, they don't know what to do not realizing that this big reveal would not have happened if god had not had an ineffable ineffable plan in place to make sure that his people were protected relying of course on the common sense of the person to um, take care of themselves and do what's in their own best interest does that make sense? Yes. I it realize does. I kind of skipped off into the Bible here, but no, I, I, can't, I can't help it because I think I think that at the end of the day, God's got all this in His hands. He's He's got this. He's already won. He's just showing us how He won. And God only operates except through people. So there are good people that are working for us on our behalf trusting that we are also going to do what is also in our own best interest on our own behalf and it's all gonna it's all gonna come out in the wash one day i don't know when but someday someone is going to reveal all the things that went on behind the scenes that we didn't see but we can see the results of it's kind of like the wind you don't see it you just see the results of it but you know it's there so I think God's got this. I'm 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 not running for the hills. I'm I'm not digging a bunker. I know that at the end of the day everything is gonna work out just exactly the way it needed to. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless. <laughs>